0: Hey, I'm Rob Teigen.
1: And I'm Joanna Teigen. Rob and I have been married over 30 years and share an addiction to coffee, bookstores, and Christmas music.
0: We often debate how many dogs are enough and who should win the voice every season.
1: We're a neat freak married to a not-so-neat freak, an explorer to a homebody, and an introvert to a people person.
0: But we do agree that our vows are for always, children are a gift, and prayer is powerful.
1: Our hope through this podcast is that we can walk with you in caring for the soul of your family. Thanks for being here. Thank you, friends, for joining us today for the Growing Home Together podcast. You know, it seems really silly now, but I remember an issue that came up between Rob and I when we were first married. So we lived in Chicago then, and we had to commute home in terrible rush hour traffic every day. And every day, Rob would take a sensible and cautious approach to getting us home safely. But in my newlywed brain, I told myself that he was driving like an old man. And somehow this meant he wasn't a confident or assertive person. So every afternoon, Rob had to drive home with a cranky backseat driver instead of the loving bride that he thought he had married. And at one point, God kind of smacked me upside the head to show me I was letting negative thinking steal my joy and come between us. It was a lesson that I needed to learn as a young wife, for sure.
0: Yeah, and Joanna isn't the only one who has had to battle negative thinking in our marriage. When you live with somebody day in and day out, it's very easy over time to get hung up on all the flaws and the ways that you're different. We get disappointed sometimes that our real life doesn't match up with the perfect picture we've created in, in our imaginations. But it's when we get stuck in negative thinking that our relationships get in trouble.
1: Yeah, so that is why we are so excited to introduce you to our guest, Kendra Burroughs. Kendra is a speaker, a writer, and a personal coach who helps bright, successful overthinkers change their negative thoughts using scripture and the science of how God made you with her Bible in one hand and her advanced psych degree in the other, Kendra is going to show us how to shift our mindset for stronger relationships with the ones that we love. So thank you so much, Kendra, for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having having me. And those are really interesting opening stories because who hasn't experienced those kinds of negative thoughts so i look forward to adding more yeah <laughs> for sure
0: well Kendra before we get started I'd love to hear more of, about your story and how you got passionate about helping people break free from these negative thoughts or negative thinking can you can you tell us a little bit more about that and yourself as well
2: Absolutely, I am a classic negative thinker. I come by it honestly, based on my personality and also some childhood experiences. And a lot of times we have those kinds of things go on and I spent years and years thinking that my negative thoughts were bad and I had to keep getting rid of them. And as soon as I don't have any more negative thoughts, then everything will be better and gradually I became a college instructor. I teach psychology to my students. I teach them about how their thinking works, how the brain works. And you know how whenever you teach, you learn too. And as I was teaching and learning these stuff, it started to sink in to me as well. And I picked up a bunch of tools along the way. And I'm just so excited to share with my students and my readers and my clients how to change their negative thoughts and and what to do with them.
1: Well, that's really neat. Um, Yeah, so you heard me share how I let negative thoughts get the best of me when Rob and I were first married. And of course, that wasn't the one and only time. Um, (laughs) And I'm not sure if you'd say that's a completely classic example or not. So maybe you can help us understand what negative thoughts in marriage do typically sound like.
2: You know, as with other things in marriage, there is no typical Right. It turns out that there are even some people who don't really experience much negative thinking. And I don't know if if either of you are one of those people who has that negative soundtrack that plays regularly in their head or if just once in a while the negative thoughts pop in. And some people don't have them very much at all. But I think the majority of us have them to some degree. So I think your example is a really good one. Sometimes our negative thoughts are kind of simple. I mean, as, as you would probably suggest now that, you know, you didn't pick the biggest negative thoughts to tell, but, but a really good example of how the regular everyday negative thoughts get in our way. It's also the case that sometimes people are going through in marriages very hard things. And things that threaten the marriage, things that threaten your own identity and your spouse's identity, sometimes even if it's not going on in the marriage, our lives have been touched by things like infidelity and illness and pornography and all kinds of different things that could cause these big wedges and cause these big negative thoughts to to pop in. And so negative thinking, there isn't really a there isn't really a typical negative thinking in marriage. All negative thinking counts. And and it's all dealt with in a similar way, although of course the big issues are, are bigger to deal with, of course.
0: Yeah, I that's good. I um think I, I liked what you said early on, um, just about how you started kind of reframing and seeing some of your negative thoughts that were coming as as kind of a way to kind of think differently about your negative thoughts. And, you know, I think as Christians, we can be quick to attach judgment to our negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I you know, we've probably all heard the Bible verse in Second Corinthians about taking every thought captive to to the obedience of, of Christ. So how do you think most people, especially Christians, react to their negative thoughts?
2: So A few things. One is I think you're right on and I hear that from readers all the time. I wish I didn't have any negative thoughts ever. I wish that all of my thoughts were lovely and pure and true and I never had a negative thought. And although that's that would be a lovely thing, it it sounds like on the surface. One thing that I would caution people about and don't worry, I'll get to that verse. Eventually. but one thing I would caution people about is why do we have negative thoughts in the first place? We tend to think of, oh, we're these, you know potentially perfect beings or wanting to be perfect beings. And then one of the things that pops in and keeps us from doing the things that we want to do, doing the things that we think God wants us to do are these negative thoughts. And if we could get rid of them, then everything would be hunky- dory. One example that I often give is if you are camping with your family and you're in the tent and you hear rustling outside and you peek out of the tent and you see that there's a great big bear and her baby cubs outside the tent, you're probably going to have negative thoughts. In fact, your whole body is going to react to that. That's a really important thing and that's a protection that God gave you that negative thought to So that you didn't, oh, look, something to play with, right? Let's play with the cuddly cubs or whatnot. And so, you know, that it's important to have those negative thoughts. It seems like when other negative thoughts come in, that we should be able to control those. But that doesn't mean that each of our negative thoughts is serving us well in this moment. But, you know, I was telling my Facebook listeners before I got ready to come on here, I started having negative thoughts about my marriage, negative thoughts about my speaking ability, even though I've been a speaker for over 20 years. And those negative thoughts, although they're annoying, they are my brain's way of kind of telling me, hey, there is some potential danger out there. And it's important to notice that and say, oh, that is the case. I'm going on this podcast with people I don't know that well, could I say something really foolish and and be made a fool of? I mean, that's a possibility, right? And so having those negative thoughts isn't necessarily the bad thing. In fact, it doesn't mean you're broken. It means you're normal and your body is working exactly the way God intended it to. I'm sure the next question though is, but should we always have the negative thoughts and, and what's going on? And so one of the tricky things is, we tend to think of these negative things as automatically bad and that you know we do read the verses that say that we should take every thought captive and that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind and so we translate that in our head as i shouldn't have negative thoughts and so that's one of those tricky things now that doesn't mean you know and this goes down a whole different route that doesn't mean dwelling on them and you know, waiting for them to come up and looking for them. But the idea of having them isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's what we do with them
1: after that can be really useful. Yeah, I think that that's a really um, freeing way to look at that. So thank you. But you know, I, I do think it would be one thing if our thoughts just stayed in our heads, right? But they always come out in our words and our actions, especially like you were saying, we are really sitting in them. Um, Can you help us to understand the connection between the internal negativity that we kind of stick in for periods of time and the way that we relate with our spouse?
2: Absolutely. It turns out that our brains find what they look for. And so if you've ever had the experience of, shopping around for a a new car a different car and you have your you get this car oh you haven't seen any of them in town you get this new car and then all of a sudden all you see driving around in your car is cars that look exactly like yours and you hadn't seen any like it before but now your brain is on high alert and it's kind of looking for that again if we look at it in terms of negative thoughts your brain finds exactly what it looks for and so if your negative thought to yourself is how is my husband being a bully today or how is he you know not taking my needs into account or you know if that's the negative thought in your head boy is your brain going to find examples of that likewise if the thought in your head is oh my husband's doing his best um he's trying to be loving to me boy, your brain is going to find examples of that. And of course, if your brain is stacking up examples in either direction of all of the things, all of the ways that he could have been more loving to me or all of the ways that he is loving to me, well, that's obviously going to come out in resentment and actions and snippiness. I I don't know about you guys, but I know when the negative thoughts start building in my head and I haven't said any of them out loud, that it builds into resentment. And I just, sometimes I just get short and okay, fine. You know, that kind of thing that we do with our spouses sometimes when we're not being intentional. And so it's absolutely the case. Now, sometimes that just goes on for a short period, like your example of driving and you have this thought, and so it starts building up those ideas in your head and eventually can get to really bad places where you're not talking anymore or you're only saying grouchy things at each other. And that can lead us down really bad roads where if the place that we wanna go to to be safe and our spouse wants to come to to be safe, isn't safe anymore, then it leads to all kinds of potential problems of where are they gonna go for safety? It, that's not to say that all of our negative thoughts will lead to ultimately horrible things but it's good to take them captive to get them under control quickly or more quickly than than not
0: yeah yeah and i think you know sometimes our um, our negative thoughts as you were saying can just snowball out of control so that all we see is our spouse's mistakes or weaknesses so do you have some practical ways that we can deal with those negative thoughts before they take over?
2: Absolutely. There are all kinds of things to think about in terms of dealing with negative thoughts. You know, let me give an example. I had this situation. My husband and I used to throw um, potlucks all the time and we would invite our friends. We have this lovely backyard that he's designed. And so we have guests coming over. And my job as the woman, and and in my mind, again, a lot of these things start in our minds with not necessarily true facts. In my mind, we need to get the house spotless because there are guests coming over. In his mind, which I didn't know it, we need to get the yard spotless so people can enjoy it. But too many times I would rush around doing the housework and getting really salty about my husband, because he's just out there pressure washing the deck. Like, why would you pick the day of the potluck to go and pressure wash the deck? That makes no sense to me. And I would just get in my head, well, he just doesn't care. And he he wants our guests to see that I'm a horrible housekeeper and that the toilet's dirty. I mean, why isn't he helping? And it would get to the place where I'd say, I just can't rely on my husband or that he's unreliable. And then if we take that kind of example and step back and really ask ourselves some questions when that thought comes up or, or your thought that you had, Joanna, that your husband's just, you know, drives like an old man and that he's, you know, not very assertive or I can't remember the word she used. So when that thought comes up, It's really good to kind of check in. And there are a number of different checks that we can do. One is when those negative thoughts pop up, one thing I do is check in with my body. What's going on with me right now? Because you know, sometimes the same behavior will annoy us to no end about our spouse and other days it just rolls right off. And sometimes that has to do with our own physiology that day. So am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I stressed out? Sometimes I look not just at my body, but also at my calendar and say, oh, look, I've had these five stressful events this week. No wonder I'm on edge. And this gets to kind of what you were talking about, Rob, early on, where sometimes the world impinges on us if we've been feeling not good enough at work and not good enough or stressed out at we just had a parenting issue. And this, that, and the other thing, well, gosh, that could accidentally spill out. So one thing I do is check in, you know, what's going on with me. Another thing I'll do is say, you know, in thinking about how accurate is this, think about what was happening just before I had that negative thought. So is it the case that in, in one instance, I had a negative thought and I I just got really nervous about my marriage and, oh, what's my husband up to? And is he thinking of cheating on me? I mean, just in retrospect, they were really irrational thoughts. And I thought, you know, certainly I was stressed, but also I realized I've been listening to some music that I really enjoy listening to. I was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack and there's this one song on there where that I often dealt out along with the singer. That talks about how it's the wife, you know, talking about how, you know, her husband has cheated on her, which actually happens in the show. But did I take that on as I'm belting it out, how much of my physiology took that on? Oh, that's why I'm all of a sudden my brain is down this track because I was putting things in my head that shouldn't be there or that that aren't helpful. Another thing I do is, Check in with my interpretation. So, is it the case that, oh, my husband is unreliable, that I can't rely on him? Well, no. I think about what's going on instead of just thinking of his actions in terms of what I want to happen, which, by the way, I never expressed to him. I never said, hey, hon, could you help me clean the toilets because I'm kind of stressed about people seeing a dirty house. I just assumed that, oh, if he's out playing in the yard, right, that I have, I'm using my little air quotes here. If he's out playing in the yard, then he must not care. And when I really thought about it, I thought, no, that's exactly not what's happening. He wants to nurture our guests as well. And he's taking care of the yard where I'm taking care of the house. And so it's a very different thing. And one of the questions I ask myself is how is his behavior, how can I interpret it in a way that means love, right? We have all kinds of behaviors and we pick up on those little things, but how can I assume love about that behavior? And as soon as you do that, you start to think. Or sometimes an easier way to do that is to think of if my husband or my wife had done this when we were first married, when we were first dating, what would it have meant? You know, Because sometimes it's hard after 10, 20, 30 years of marriage and lots of kids and lots of stresses, it's hard to remember. But if you can think back to when it was just the two of you and you were over the moon with each other, well, if he did this then, what would that have meant? And then it's easier to see that. And one of the things that's really important to think about is looking at that negative thought not as a reality i'm sure you've had the the experience of having a dream that maybe in the dream your spouse wasn't doing quite what they should have been and maybe they were even being naughty and you wake up kind of grouchy because Well, you cheated on me in my dream. Well, I mean, has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I've I've gotten in trouble for a lot of things I've done in dreams before. (laughs) In Joanna's
2: dreams. (laughs) It feels real personal because we've had that experience in our head and it feels real personal. But the other person, you know, poor Rob, he just wakes up and says, What, what, what? You know, <laughs> I didn't do anything, right? And sometimes our negative thoughts feel exactly the same way that, you know, we have the thought and then we, we develop a story in our head to go along with the thought. Um, and so one of the things that can be really useful is to really think of our negative thoughts um, not as truth any more than a dream was truth, but especially with the negative thoughts, think about, well, what, what could this tell me about myself or about my spouse? But I like to think like a scientist, how is it just data, right? Without interpreting the data, you need to see the raw data first. And so here's this piece of information and trace it back. Often the negative thoughts don't even necessarily have to do anything with our spouse. Sometimes something our spouse did triggered that negative thought, but we jump to these wide conclusions of what was one of my friends says, oh, why does he do such and such? He doesn't care about what's important to me. And then that, that first Curious question, oh, why would you do something like that is an interesting question and a, a data point. But then that next step is he doesn't care about what's important to me, you know, like getting the house ready for the potluck. We jump to that interpretation without really taking in all of the data.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lot of good practical advice. I think what I hear you saying, even because I was still trying to process some of the things you were saying, because there's a lot of good stuff there, like, you know, our negative thoughts aren't always bad. And so I'm kind of thinking in terms of, you know, not all negative thoughts are are equal, so to speak. And like you were saying, I think sometimes before the train goes down the track, we kind of have to, to have some self-talk and evaluation. Like you said, there's some mm-hmm. some negative thoughts come in and they might be a warning. Um, some negative thoughts come in and they may be telling us something about ourselves, you know, either a, a fear mm-hmm. that we have or a you know, emotions, whether it's stress or something like that. And we need to kind of be able to process those and communicate that to our spouse or to to ourselves before we necessarily just let that that thought run. Is that fair to say?
2: Absolutely. You know, um, what's the saying? Don't believe everything you think. And I think that's a really good one to hang on to because Sometimes, you know, we think very different things depending on, you know, the research here, I can't, I'm a teacher at heart, so I can't not talk about research. I love Uh, research. the research, (laughs) The research suggests that even your memory is different depending on the mood that you're in. So if you are having an amazing day today and the sun is shining and everything's glorious and everything's happy, and I say to you, tell me something about your childhood. You're going to come up primarily with positive stories. If this has been the you know murkiest day, and you know, you spilled coffee all over yourself and it was, you know, just pulling teeth to get the kids ready for school, and now you know you you're running late to be on a podcast and all of those kinds of things. If I ask you that same question, tell me something about your childhood you're much more likely to remember negative things about your childhood. And so just the state that we're in absolutely changes what our brain uh, looks for and what our brain finds, even whenever it reaches back into our memory. And so so we know that our thoughts aren't 100% of the truth. There may be some truth to them sometimes, but they're not the 100% truth. There, There's other nuance there as well.
0: That's good. I, I remember I was I was in one of those funks uh a while back where I was just each day was kind of starting with with kind of a negative outlook, I guess, on, you know, just assuming mm-hmm. the day was going to be hard and stressful and I was going to run into, you know, mountains that were I didn't feel like climbing and that kind of thing. And Joanna challenged me to, you know, start a gratitude journal lovingly challenged me to, you know, (laughs) um, and you know, it was, I, you know, at first I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But, um, I did that and it was amazing. Just, um, like you say, when you start the day and you start dwelling on what is good, you know, and what Mm -hmm. you're thankful for, you immediately go into the day with a different outlook, you know, on the same circumstances, it could be very well, I'm going to run into the same circumstance, right? But all of a sudden I'm looking at it from, from a different perspective than I was the day before, you know? So I think, I think that's good.
1: Yeah, and you and Rob both kind of alluded to this, that a lot of times the negative thoughts we might have about our spouse have way more to do with what we're really thinking about ourselves. And I know for me that negative thoughts about myself have been far and away, you know, probably more damaging to our relationship than anything I was kind of grousing at Rob about. I mean, nobody is tougher on me than me, So um, how do the negative messages that we tell ourselves um, have an effect on our marriage and our spouse?
2: You know, that's a really, really good question because a lot of times it can start with negative thoughts about ourselves. I don't know about you, Joanna, but first thing in the morning when I'm washing my face, I see my face in the mirror and sometimes the negative thoughts, you know, start, oh, I'm looking old, Right. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with looking old, but when it's the negative thought in my head, you know how that sounds, or, oh, my hair, or all oh, this, or old oh, that. And then by the time my husband gets up and comes upstairs, I already have this idea of this is the ugly, old, you know, shabby-haired person that is greeting him. Um, and I make the assumption that this is how he sees me because that morning, that's how I saw yeah. me. So that's and not just a me problem. I feel better. It is not <laughs> a me problem. It is a lot of people, you know, myself included, my hand is raised high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that does affect, it does affect our relationship. It affects how we interact. I'll throw in another study that's kind of interesting. Researchers had students talk on the phone. This was back before cell phones. A student came into, you know, was in a room and the researcher said, hey, I need you to give a call to this person. Here's a picture of that person and give them a call and talk to them. And then they rated their interactions with that person. And you would imagine that The people who, they were talking to the same girl. This was a guy. They were talking to the same girl and their ratings of the people who thought they were talking to a really attractive uh, woman they rated her as you know smarter funnier all of those things and the people who thought they were talking to a more homely person they rated them less smart less you know slower but that's not even the interesting thing the interesting thing is that they did the reverse in this instance they had the the guy on the phone call the in this case the women were the participants the college student girls And the college student had this guy call her on the phone and they were in separate rooms, they couldn't see each other. And the girl was said was told, here's what he thinks you look like. Now the boy hadn't been told what she looked like, hadn't been given a picture. But when the girl was shown a picture of, you know, a really beautiful person, the boy rated her as more attractive, more intelligent, more funny. And when the girl was shown a more homely picture, the guy on the other end of the phone who was none the wiser rated her lower. And so just the image that you have of yourself is absolutely going to project to people that are even strangers on the phone. So that tricky thing is coming into having those negative thoughts and coming into the morning, you know, with Rob or whatever. And saying, hey, or me with my husband, Bill, and having those negative thoughts. Now, we can't get rid of them all the time. And we I, I'm not suggesting we be like happy, clappy all the time. Sometimes we do have those negative thoughts. But if we carry them into our relationship too much, it will affect how the other person sees us. And the other thing that it does is it undermines the other person's, it undermines our spouse's feelings and their things that they believe about us, right? Because my husband will tell me, oh, you're adorable. You're cute. Right. And and what do we do? As women, I don't know if guys do this so much, but as women, we say, oh no, he's just kidding, or he has to say that he's married to me, or those kinds of things. And whether we say them out loud or not, we sometimes think them in our heads. But you know, trust that your husband's being honest with you and trust that that is really how he sees you. That can go a long way. I think I've gone clear off the question. This is my way. Oh, no,
1: no, it's good. I just think that when we do feel insecure or vulnerable, we can really become so self-protective that we sabotage our own intimacy, right, with the person that we want to be the closest to. So we're our own worst enemy sometimes when we camp out in our negative self-talk, for sure
2: absolutely absolutely
0: yeah and i think you know so for me um i kind of in our home am a little bit of a neat freak and everybody um at least that's what everybody tells me so um (laughs) i i kind of notice everything in fact like as we're sitting here talking um about negative thoughts and things i'm looking across at my bookshelf and noticing all the books aren't letting up it sounds very ocd but you know, I, I can't leave a room and it's not, I don't know that it's clean until everything's kind of in place. And I think sometimes we can do that in our relationships too, um, yeah. where we just tend to make a thing out of, of everything. And so how do we distinguish those negative thoughts that maybe we need to address with ourselves or with our spouse and those that we don't, you know, those that are just those negative, you know, like we're just being too picky or too hard, you know, cause sometimes, there is a difference. Sometimes we do need to lovingly address some of those things and sometimes we just need to let them go. And so how do, you, how do you distinguish that?
2: You know, it's it's a tricky balance, isn't it? And any one little thing that it can be easy to brush it off and, oh, well, that's not a big deal. But if you find yourself brushing it off more and more and more, then resentment builds and so then it gets to the point where oh gosh maybe I should have addressed this and sometimes then it feels like this big monster or we don't even realize it's a big monster now and it's a bigger a bigger thing to deal with so it can be real tricky and certainly prayer can you know in the moment um sometimes i say oh is this something i should deal with right now or is this something that i should let go for for later but another thing that can be really useful is one thing you want to think about is sometimes check in with your spouse. And sometimes when we let that resentment build, checking in with our spouse sounds a lot louder and a lot more condemning than if we just check in early on. And so we might say, if we've been building, why do you always, you know, leave the room a mess or whatever. And sometimes I don't know if my husband's a neat freak more than I am. And sometimes things like, oh, well, I didn't even notice that thing that he's thinking that I purposefully left there. I I didn't notice it. I don't have that ability that it sounds like you have Rob, to notice all of those details necessarily. So when do we check in? Maybe not every single time anything occurs to us because that gets really annoying, right? But maybe if something seems like a habit and one thing that's really useful in diffusing those negative thoughts and in giving your spouse grace can be using the words. One of the things that is really tricky about addressing our spouse or anybody really is anytime we say why, that puts people on the defensive. Why do you leave the toilet seat up, right? Why do you do it it automatically puts people on the defensive. And so some better phrases might be, "Help me understand," or sometimes, "The story my brain is telling me, you know, this situation happened. The story my brain is telling me about that, you know, is this. Help me understand how, you know, just being curious about it. What did you mean when you said such and such. And being curious about it can can be really helpful in not only diffusing the situation in your brain in that moment, but also it can be something that can help build that pattern where, oh, wait a minute. I've seen enough times now that when my husband says something that sounds like he's being condemning, oh, other times when I've checked in with him, that wasn't what he meant. So maybe this time it's not what he meant either. And it can be a, a springboard for some good discussions.
0: I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: You know, one thing I noticed is the negative thinking can often become a habit too. And whatever yes. you pr- practice over and over, that's what you're, you're gonna do, right? So, so for the spouse listening who feels like they're stuck in a cycle of negative thinking, what are some ways to break free from that?
2: You know, that's a really good question. And that tricky thing is it it takes practice, like everything. And a counselor that we've talked to recently has said, it's not practice makes perfect. It's practice makes progress. And just trying to challenge yourself to think a little bit more positively about something. The other thing that can be really useful, especially when negative thoughts pop up, we tend to think that the way to get rid of negative thoughts is to think positive thoughts or to just push them down or to get rid of them or change them into the positive. And you're absolutely right, Rob and, and Joanna, for pointing that out to you. The gratitude journal can be really, really useful and, and recognizing in the morning, three things that you're grateful for or something to that effect. But sometimes that's not the only thing is sometimes it's not necessarily a matter of just changing it to positive because sometimes that really covers over the band-aids. It band-aids over things. We, We know our brain knows when we're lying to ourselves. We know whenever we're trying to turn something into a positive but it's really not and our brain says yeah you're just not trustworthy you're not being honest with yourself and so i'm not going to believe you and so one thing that's really useful is to keep in mind that sometimes thinking our way out of a negative thought isn't what's useful even just small physical uh, physicalness of of just something get your you know a hug that gets your heartbeats next to each other and so that you know wait a minute you eventually you just kind of melt into each other and your body remembers that wait a minute, I'm not fighting a bear here. I this is my husband, this is my wife who I love and we're on the same team. And so that can be a way to not have to talk everything to death or or think everything to death, but that can just kind of dissolve some of those moments. And that's a really useful a uh, useful skill to to develop.
1: Oh, I love that. I think any any reason for more hugs makes a lot of sense to me. I'm I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> He's always asked me why are you hugging the dog all the time? Well, <laughs> yeah, I really so love that. So yeah, that. Yeah, that something like a physical connection can have such an impact on our thought process that is really a neat a neat idea. You know, I think one of the worst things um, that can happen Though, when we do get caught in negative thinking, you know, that really persistent kind, mm-hmm. we we lose hope, right? We think my spouse is never going to change. We get into that all-or-nothing thinking. Our marriage is never going to be happy. We're never going to break through whatever is holding us back right now. Um, and for couples who haven't maybe experienced growth or change in a long time in their relationship, that can feel true. You mm-hmm. know, those feelings really feel true. What would you tell the spouse who... Who kind of is at that point of giving up hope today?
2: You know, that's a really hard place to be. And I'm in a blended family. And so my husband and I both have been married before and all of the things that come with that. And we have grown up in households that had their own issues. And so it can be, it can feel really, so I've experienced those kinds of things before. And and I know it's a really hard in fact, when I was thinking about, well, what, what would I say to someone who's in this situation? And part of me this morning was trying to think of, well, there's not a single answer to tell them, but that's, and certainly not one that can be talked about that will answer things perfectly on a, you know, 25 minute podcast, but. Here's the most important thing. When I've dealt with things like that and I've been in really black periods in my marriage and in my relationships and went and the negative thinking just spiraled and and there felt like no hope. I mean, you know, you guys are a strong Christian believers, so you know it's not as corny as, as other people sometimes think it, it sounds, but prayer is so, so useful. Just praying and help me to see this, help me to see something positive. And so that can be a really really useful prayer. And if you don't have the strength to pray it, you can be assured. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will um, intercede on your behalf. But really just try and get that mindset. Can you show me, God, one thing today that's positive about my marriage or one thing that's positive about my spouse? And that can be really useful. That doesn't save you from that negative situation, that negative spiral. Um, I was talking to a friend recently whose husband has had some infidelity issues, and I mean that's not going to heal tomorrow, right? I mean that's a long-term, the negative thoughts that keep resurfacing for her are really, really going to be there for a little while because this trust was broken. And so in praying to God and in remembering that even when you don't trust or have faith in your spouse, you can have faith in God and just let him remind yourself that he will take you through this. It looks very different to him than it does to you. And help him, you know, if you're like uh, my friend that I was talking to is really concerned that, oh, her negative thoughts are that he's going to do this again, or that he is doing it again. And one thing that really helps me with that is thinking of things like, okay, well, God, if you want to, you know, because we find the things we look for, our brain finds the things we look for. And so it can be really tempting to go on alert. And, you know, that's what our brains do. And I'm going to look for all of the signs that he's being unfaithful or that she's doing this or doing that. And just continue to pray to God and say, I trust you. I may not be able to trust my husband right now. I may not be able to trust my spouse, but I trust you, God, to show me the information that I need to see to make a good decision and to move forward and keep from me the things that I don't need to know right now and and just put that in his hands, that can be really helpful. And the other thing is just really turning from those negative thoughts, really kind of turning it on yourself, not the negative thoughts, but just thinking, regardless of this situation in my marriage, regardless of how hopeless I might feel right now, how do I want, who do I want to be, and how would I want to, You know, five years from now, when this is behind us, whatever that means, what do I want? Who do I want to be? And what do I want that to look like? And God, help me be that person, regardless of the negative thoughts that pop in, regardless of what my spouse is doing or not doing. I don't know if that can be really help. It it helps me in those times. And so hopefully it'll help some of your listeners who are going through hard things. Yeah,
0: that's, that's encouraging. Thank you very much. And yeah, I think, you know, part of that through, through prayer and and through the word, you know, we, we're reminded to like, what, you know, what God's, God's thoughts are on us, you know, that, that he's, you know, for us and not against us and that he is faithful through, through it all. So I love that yeah you know, and i th- you know i i think it'd be really in- encouraging now to our listeners if you'd be willing to just maybe pray for for any of them that are listening and maybe they are um, feeling stuck in those those negative thought patterns or they're going through a hard time and and it's hard to see that and they need that hope so you know now would be a good time to turn to god and, and to prayer for for those listeners who might need that that hope would you mind doing that
2: absolutely Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our time together today. It's been so enlightening for all of us, and I really appreciate you coming here and being with us and helping us to explore these really hard issues. Please, I know that you're always there, but make yourself known to listeners who are having hard times and who are having trouble with their negative thoughts, even the small ones, can feel so big and so threatening sometimes. And it can be simple to hear that you created us this way and much more difficult to live it out in the day to day stresses of troubled marriages or just stressed out marriages. And we know that you're for us, we know that you're for our spouse and we're, you're for our marriage and we just thank you so much for that and we're so grateful that you come alongside us and and can help us to see these things and and to give us hope in the things that really matter and help us to put aside our negative thoughts about ourselves about our spouses and about marriage itself and and just help us to have some hope in your word and in your son in jesus name amen
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And if people want to um, glean some of this wisdom that you've you've uh, given us today, more of that, I know you've got some resources available and some great things. How can people get a hold of, of you and connect with you online?
2: So I'm at KendraBurrows.com, but I put together for, for your listeners a special thing with resources. I know after years in the classroom, I know I talk too fast and I throw a lot of things out there. And so I wanted to compile something that walks you through some of the things that we talked about. So you don't have to, you know, remember all of it. And so if you go to kendraburrows.com slash marriage, I'll have a download there for you that you can get all of this information or places, resources to, to look for more and to get more information about how to deal with your negative thoughts about your spouse and about yourself and about marriage in general.
1: Oh, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, we really appreciate you making that available for everybody and we are so appreciative of your time with us today. You've given us some really good things to think about and some tools that we can take with us and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Kendra
2: thank you it's been a really fun discussion i appreciate it
1: yeah and thank you friends for joining us on the podcast today rob and i would love to connect with you over on our website at growinghometogether.com we have a free marriage devotional for you to download and just a a whole uh, ton of articles and podcast episodes to just build up your marriage and books and resources to help you pray together and make memories as a family. Um, at Growing Home Together, we are caring for the soul of your family.
0: And growing home together with you. Bye. Bye.